the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. Now, here's your host, Doug Parker. It is Texas Money and Business. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. We have a great show. I know that because we have Doug Parker here with Ambitious Radio Network. I can feel the energy already. Doug, welcome in. Hey, Ron, thanks so much, sir. And we've got, uh, as usual, really a great guest. But uh, before we jump into that, we always want to thank our sponsors. We couldn't do it without them. Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. And a lot of times, small business owners, they need to personally guarantee any loans that they're doing. And if they've got credit issues, that can be a huge problem. So go to RepairMyCreditNow.com. There's a free credit report evaluation. Again, that's RepairMyCreditNow.com. So in getting to know the leader, the ambitious entrepreneur, today we're speaking with Vern Harnish, the growth guy. He's the founder of the world-renowned Entrepreneurs Organization, or EO, with over 12,000 members worldwide. He's a best-selling author of Scaling Up. The Greatest Business Decision of All Times and Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. That's how I was initially introduced to him. And uh, he currently is the founder and CEO of Gazelles, a global executive education and coaching company with over 170 partners on six continents. Vern, welcome to the show. Doug, glad to be here with you. I tell you what, you know, as ambitious as you are, I can't believe that you don't have a partner out there in Antarctica too. Yeah, I know it. We are missing that <laughs> continent. Though it's on our bucket list to at least get down and visit. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Well, so you know, uh, sometimes uh, you know, I was talking to a to a person the other day on on one of the interviews, and he was telling me that you know, if you're not overwhelmed, then then you're really not doing enough. So I see all the things that you're doing. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Oh, always. And that's the thing that we really tried to address with the original book, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. You know, we like to kid that entrepreneurs uh, are willing to work sixteen hours a day for themselves. So they don't have to do it eight hours for someone else. And, you know, at some point it quits being a joke and you end up just spending all of these hours and time. And so we wanted to help guys figure out a way to kind of get it all done in 40 or 50 hours instead of 60, 70 or 80. And we got a great case study, in fact, in the book about Alan Rudy, who was facing just that uh, when he when he got his business stuck. And so I feel overwhelmed, but we have a core value of practice what we preach. And so we we try to eat our own dog food. Sure, sure. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the things out of that mastering the Rockefeller habits is it a six by six? Is that is that the the right combination there on the list of you kind of break down the six most important things over the next little little while? Well, you know, we tell the great story. I, the namesake of the book is John D. Rockefeller, the wealthiest guy on the planet, uh, by a factor of three, except for Putin. We don't know what he's worth uh, over <laughs> there in Russia, but. Uh, you know, Rockefeller, along with Charles Schwab, had the same coach, Ivy Lee. And Charles was feeling overwhelmed as he was building Bethlehem Steel. And so he called in Ivy. And Ivy said, look, I just want you to do something simple. Before you go to bed, write down a list of the top six things you've got to do the next day. And here's the key. It's what everybody misses. You have to put them in order. And then the next morning, you work on number one until it's finished. You don't go to number two. And the reality of that is, if you can just get one significant thing accomplished every day, 
uh, compound interest is your friend. And a lot of people misinterpret that saying, well, I'm going to have a list of six. And the tough thing is we always get the easy ones done and not the one that's difficult or the one that we really need to get done, which is important. But that little simple process is a starting point, And then we've added a lot to that uh, for the, the growing companies we work with around the world. Sure, sure. You know, I introduced our pastor at church. We've got about 7,000 uh, weekly attendees. And he just took that away and said, you know what, this is, it's revolutionizing what I'm doing. And he really, uh, really, really loved that part of it. So that's, that yeah, is really by great the way, stuff there. Yes, you know, sir. the rest of that story, uh, since he said it was that valuable, the rest of that story of Charles Schwab, Ivy Lee said, look, just try it. Pay me what you think it was worth in a month. And as the famous story goes, Charles Schwab wrote him a $25,000 check. And that was a lot of money hundred years ago, let alone today. Oh yeah, no question about it. That is that is unbelievable. Well, so so now let's talk about this. So um, you know, I'm familiar with your books and and I and I know the the content you've got. But let's say you're at the airport and you bump into somebody and you know you carry yourself a certain way and they go, hey man, tell me, what is it that you do? Give give me a 15 20 second pitch if if I were to bump into you at the airport. Yeah. Well, you know, we created a little video on ScalingUp.com, one of those draw shop videos that that typifies what it is we try to do. But basically, we help kind of crazed leaders of companies keep the wheels from falling off by giving them some tools so we can reduce from 80 hours to a reasonable 40 or 50 and then make it a lot easier and more fun to kind of get up the S curve of growth. And we really deal with four areas. We deal with the people side of the business, which can be if you hire the right people, your life is great. You hire the wrong people, your life is miserable. Uh, we talk about strategy, execution, and then at the very end, we discuss cash. Because look, get by with decent people, strategy, execution, but not a day without cash. Uh, and so we dig into that. Sure, sure, absolutely. So now I see that you are now over in Barcelona, Spain. So how was it that you made the, the jump from the States and, and, and to move abroad? Well, we had, uh, I had just had a good friend of mine, it's Michael Gerber, uh, the e myth uh, guru. And I was listening to him speak when he was 70 years old, and it dawned on me that I can still be doing this at his age. And so I called my wife up immediately. We, she had just had our fourth child. I said, Look, I'm going to semi retire. Let's go enjoy it while we can here over the next 15 years. So we chose to take a year and take the children around the world. And we lived in India and the Middle East and China. And our second to last stop was Barcelona. And we absolutely fell in love, Doug, and ended up staying. We wanted the children to learn Spanish and get more of an international education. So we'd only planned a year, and here it is seven years later, and, and we're still here. And Man, side note, side note, we, yes, we had made a decision to get uh, all of our eggs out of the U.S. basket. And so we had set one of our five-year goals to have 50% of our revenue outside the United States. And the cool part is the British got it right. GMT zero. They got to set the clock. Uh, and it is so much easier for me to do global business here from Barcelona. Um, you know, I've got calls tomorrow morning in, in Malaysia, our partner in Australia. Those are tough when you're in the U.S. time zones, but much easier when you're here in Europe. And then I'm on with you here uh, towards the evening. And so it, it makes it, it makes it much easier to do global business. Gotcha. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, typically I will ask a guest about, you know, one of their favorite books or, or what have you. But as I'm going through and I'm reading your bio, I mean, I see, you know, these uh, icons like Jack Stack and Jim Collins, Jeffrey Moore, Patrick Lencioni, 
Tom Peters, they're all praising your books. And I, I'm really truly humbled to have you, you know, on the program. Over the years, um, you know, there's there's so many of these different authors. I've I've read their books and, and those types of things. But is there any one book? I know you've got your books, but is there anything that you kind of reflect back on or anything that you recommend other than your books that would be good for our listeners to, to go out and check out? There is. I actually do have a bias. In fact, I was just with both Pat Lanchoni and Jack Stack these last few days uh, in the Miami area. And I even share with Pat, I, I consider his book, uh, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, one of the top five business books of all time. But the number one book I consider, at least business book, is Eli Golrat's book called The Goal. And it was one of the original books that was written as a fable. And he really taught us two things. First, not to smoke. He died, you know, way too young from lung cancer. But his his whole idea was what he called the theory of constraints. And what you've got to do is you've got to look at that hundred things that you're facing when you're trying to make your list of six, let alone the one that you need to work on first. And you need to think about them like dominoes. So you line them up like dominoes and your job is to sit back, reflect and figure out what is the front domino. And it's usually related to what he calls the constraint. And we all have limited time. Steve Jobs wishes he had more on, the, on earth, uh, limited resources, limited effort. And what you must do is apply it to where the constraint is. Uh, first, that constraint can be within yourself. And part of moving to Barcelona uh, removed me about 3,500 miles away from our headquarters. And that really unleashed their independence. Uh, to operate without me. And I thought, and that was important. Uh, sometimes the constraints within your business model. I had been stuck at 42% gross margin and I was growing broke, or as we'd like to refer to it in the book. And I needed to get that to 55%. I was, I was never going to make money if I didn't fix that. But ultimately, what you want to do is identify and control the constraint in your industry. And that's all Steve Jobs did, Doug, was all along the way said, all right, I've launched the iPod. First thing he did was got control of the proprietary Toshiba flash drive so that nobody could copy him. He'd already lived with Microsoft ripping off Windows. I mean, his, his operating system through Windows. So he locked up that critical device so that when he launched it, nobody could copy him. Then he comes along and says, but wait a second, the real constraint is the distribution of the music. And so he launches iTunes. And later on, he said, yeah, but my, my new constraint is nobody can seem to retail my devices the way I would like them to, to retail it. And so ultimately, he moved into retail itself, and they've got the most successful retail concept in the world. So really, anything you're doing is all about, it's not about problems. It's about the ultimate constraint, figuring out and then getting control of it or getting it addressed. And that's how you really set your number one priority today, this week, this year, in the next, you know, decade. Well, you know, that that really is fantastic stuff. Now, we went through a bunch of books there, and we were kind of rapid fire throwing those out. So if you missed anything, uh, go back to AmbitiousRadio.com, and all the content we discussed, we will put links to it on the guest show page. So just look up Vern Harnish, and he will be on the site. Um, in addition to that, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, tune in after a brief word from our sponsors when we'll be talking more to Vern Harnish about his career pursuits and his experience of becoming an ambitious leader and helping entrepreneurs scale up. Thank you. 
start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way, and that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex, and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. Texas Money and Business here on KEXB, Experts in Business, and uh, Doug Parker, our good friend and the host for the show right now with the Ambitious uh, Radio Network and with the magic of Skype, and it is very magical. Uh, we've got Vern Harnish in Spain, uh, Doug Parker and I here in uh, big old Texas, you know, and, and it's just amazing to have such a great guest on uh, from uh, you know hours away from us, Doug, so a good guest today. Yeah, absolutely. This technology is amazing. And, you know, uh, we, we in this segment, we're going to be talking about becoming the entrepreneur, the ambitious entrepreneur. And it's all brought to you by our sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all the number three reports with an S.com. Many of us only check our credit reports every three to five years, maybe when we're financing a home or purchasing a vehicle. But if there's an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So make sure that you are constantly monitoring your credit with all3reports.com. And speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates and, excuse me, purchase, at least what depreciates and purchase what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing, a better way to buy your next car, America's largest independent leasing company. So Vern, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for being with us today. Doug, glad to be back with you. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, I see that you've gotten out there and you have done a lot of different things. Uh, it all seems to revolve around uh, leading people, leading others, and and working specifically with entrepreneurs. But what is one of your personal habits that you would say has most contributed to your success? You know, we, we have this kind of favorite phrase, uh, routine sets you free. And I'd launched this executive program at MIT, and I wanted to try to identify what is the fundamental routine that identified behind the most successful. Uh, and I started actually kind of placing bets in my mind. Today, we place real bets by investing money in these, in these companies. But I wanted to figure out if I could predict who was going to be the most successful coming out of this three-year class. And this critical routine is simply learning. Uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, and it's a thirst for learning. You know, Mark Zuckerberg last year set as his personal priority to read a book every two weeks. You know, Bill Gates, I talked about in my second book, Greatest Business Decisions, started a routine early on when he was scaling up Microsoft where he would take that, that pile of books that, you know, you and I and others recommend people read and magazine articles and white papers and all that. And it would pile up in his office and he knew he needed to get through it. So he launched this famous Think Week where twice a year, 18 hours a day for seven days straight, he would plow through that, that pile. By the way, his record, 112 books, PhD, you know, white papers, manuscripts and the like. And it was out of those that 
the idea is to keep Microsoft relevant here 40 years later. It's the second largest market cap company uh, in the world. Uh, Mark Cuban, who we just hosted uh, for our Fortune Summit event in Dallas. Uh, I've known Mark for 30 years, but I had no idea till I read his book that he's had a habit since he was 20 that he reads three hours a day. And here he's got over 150 investments through his, his efforts there on Shark Tank. And his goal is simply to find one nugget uh, every day that puts him slightly ahead or one of the companies he's invested in slightly ahead of their competition. Warren Buffett, who we just saw celebrate the 50th anniversary of his investment career, the greatest investor of all time, beat the market by a factor of 10. When they asked Charlie Munger, what do you think has been the real key to success? He said it was it's Warren's number one priority to find quiet time to think and read every day, no matter how, what his age. And he gets to about 500 pages a day. So I could, uh, in fact, our latest, you know, when it, we just uh, interviewed a Fortune magazine, Larry Page, CEO of Google, and Alan Murray, our editor, asked him, I thought, of a very good question. He said, Larry, how did you learn to be a leader? And Larry pauses and said, I read a lot. In fact, you know, they just renamed Google Alphabet. Uh, and even when they were naming Google, he said, first thing I did is I read three books about naming. And I, I challenge anybody out there in the audience uh, that's naming their business, did they read three books before doing it? Did they read a book about pricing before they set price? Hmm. And so there is an absolute trend and that is the most successful entrepreneurs that I've been lucky enough to be around uh, and study and actually teach. Those that were the hungriest to learn built the bigger, faster companies. You know, Vern, if I may, uh, Doug, interject a question here at this point. Uh, you, on your website, uh, vernharnish.com, you're known as the growth guy. Great blogs and articles there. And one of uh, the latest ones that you mentioned, it really is an interesting notion I'd love for you to address briefly here on, on, on our show is this, and we hear a lot these days, to follow our passion. But that's, uh, you You find that, or at least highlight to be bad advice. Talk to us about that, if you will, for a moment. Well, you know, it wasn't me. This was, uh, I, I just simply reported out Cal Newport. Oh, good, good point. Uh, I, I discovered Cal's work um, a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and he did this TED-like talk on 99U, mm -hmm. where he really challenged this idea and, and and reinterpreted really what Steve Jobs said in his famous speech uh, at Stanford, that this follow your passion advice can be dangerous. And, and the essence of what Cal said, and I, and I actually agree with it in my own experience, is he said, look, research is clear. 95% of people, when you ask them, what are you passionate about? They really don't know. They don't know, exactly. And the way it happens is through luck and circumstances, same with me. I was mechanical engineer that was going into the nuclear Navy when I got hired away and ended up spending the next now 33 years educating entrepreneurs. I was not planning this. <laughs> is that you, you end up doing something different than you expected. You start to find that you enjoy it. Right. And as you do it more, if you're good at it, then it becomes a passion. Exactly. And so it's a, it's a chicken and egg question. <laughs> so I'd encourage you to just Google Cal Newport and take a look at uh, his, his 99U 
21 minute presentation. Thank you for that, uh, yeah, Vern, because Doug, this, the, you know, that's such a, a great refocusing moment there for a lot of people. Because we get that, that question a lot. What's your passion? Well, uh, you know, I love to uh, bake. Well, you know, whatever. But uh, it, it's it's a good response. Thank you for that, Vern. And, uh, Doug, it's it's good, uh, I think, entrepreneurial advice for anyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you can you can always, you know, dig in and, and start chasing something. And, and if there's not any money in it, it's just a hobby. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so you got to figure out ways to, you know, to really – monetize things that, that people are looking for. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about, you know, we hear about all the good stuff, um, but every once in a while, um, I like to dig in just a little bit and talk about what's what's one of the biggest mistakes maybe that you've made over your business career that affected you in a negative way, and then how did you overcome that? Good. Well, first, I love the question, and I, I want to reflect it first on Mark Cuban, because when we hosted him, somebody in the audience said, all right, Mark, what's the biggest failure you've ever had, and what did you learn from it? And Mark sat there and thought for a moment, and he said, rightfully so, I've failed a lot, and I think that's one of the things you see is common among those most successful. And he said, the thing that was in common with all of those failures is he said, I thought I was the smartest person in the room. And that's when he got his head handed to him. And I can tell you, absolutely, that is at the heart of all of the big and small mistakes that I've made. I, I really thought I had the answer uh, let's take scaling up. Um, I write this book. I've been the growth guy, you know, thought leader in this space for decades. But I took a page from Alec Osterwalder and I made up 500 copies and I sent it out to my world and thought leaders and our coaching partners and customers. And I said, hey, just read it. Give me a little bit of feedback. I'm hoping they're finding typos and other, you know, small factual mistakes. And they basically, Doug and Ron, they came back and told me that my baby was both ugly and stupid. And that was so painful. Uh, But it would have been absolute disaster if I had released it in the marketplace without really listening to the crowd. And we, we, you know, painfully made all the changes they suggested, almost reworded all 70,000 words. And it's won seven, now it's eighth global award since. That that is uh, that's fantastic, and sometimes, like you said, when somebody's telling you that your baby's ugly, it's really hard to take that. You you ask for the advice, but then sometimes you you get what you ask for, and uh, that can be difficult. But but you uh, you know, took it and and applied it, and then of course, like you said, the outcome is all these awards. So, um, let me ask you kind of one thing as we kind of close up this segment. We've got maybe a minute or so left. Um, if someone was thinking about becoming a new entrepreneur or maybe, you know, leaving their, their nine to five job, is there any kind of one nugget that you might, uh, give, give someone in that situation? Yeah. Uh, start with the team, uh, and not go it alone. And that's Noam Wasserman's research at Harvard. Even Brad Feld, my buddy who co-founded Techstars, that, that startup incubator initiative that's just gone global. They don't even allow a single entrepreneur in if you don't go out and get a partner. And we know that two, two founders do better than one, three do better than two, four do better than three, and five do better than four, and then you run out of data. And it's best if it's an intact team. You know, it's a group of four of you that were working at another company and then decide to leave together. And if you think about it, Apple and Microsoft were both companies that had co-founders. And so that's that's my strong recommendation. 
Well, that makes a lot of sense. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe by texting Ambitious to 69922. Again, that's 69922. Standard messaging rights rates apply. See website for more details. And next, we'll be talking more with Vern about the ambitious things that he's doing now and what's next on Ambitious Radio. Texas Money and Business right here on KEXB. And it's experts in business, certainly two experts in business, folks, that you can sit at the feet of and really get some great information today. What a pleasure to have uh, Vern Harnish on the program. And, Doug, once again, where do you get these wonderful guests, man? I, I commend you. Who's next? The president? What, you know, it's fantastic, man. Good, good, <laughs> Great show today. Well, I'll tell you, I am always humbled that um, that I reach out to folks, and you know, every once in a while, somebody can't fit it in their schedule for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. but they just, um, by God's grace, they say yes. So I, I'm I'm gonna, <laughs> as long as they keep saying yes, I'm gonna keep on asking and uh, getting them on here. So we've got Vern Harnish on the show today, and and again, all this is made you know uh, possible by our sponsors. So if you're thinking about expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system, consider Grasshopper.com. Keep your existing numbers, multiple extensions. Voicemails are transcribed, and there's no new hardware. Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. So today, again, Vern Harnish of Gazelles. Now, we haven't talked a lot about that yet. So um, you know, tell us a little bit about that, Vern. What exactly is Gazelles if you go to gazelles.com? What, what do you get? Well, we've got a company we named after what they call the fast-growth companies in the economy. In fact, we did a piece of Fortune magazine about how Everyone seems to use the animal analogies to describe business. And David Birch talked about there were the mice, which are the small business. There's the elephant, the Fortune 500. Then there are these gazelles in the middle that really are the economic engines of the economy. And now we talk about unicorns. You know, these companies are able to go to a billion. So we named our company after the segment, this really ignored by the both the media uh, and a lot of the financiers. This, these mid-market companies on average age 25 years old that, you know, are 10, 15, 50 million that want to get up to 10, 100 and maybe even a billion. And we just we do three things. We've got coaching and we've got coaching partners over, all over the world, average age 53 that are there, very experienced to kind of guide you along. And by the way, even Steve Jobs. Uh, had a coach. No one's ever achieved peak performance without a coach. You wouldn't be an athlete uh, without a coach. You know, why would you be a business leader or a leader of anyone without a coach? Uh, We then are really big into education. We run these summits with Fortune. Uh, We've got my weekly uh, insights that Ron had referred to that comes out every Thursday. And so we got a lot of free stuff. I'm the venture columnist of Fortune magazine. And so we're really into learning. And then last hey, we got some pretty cool technologies today that can really accelerate our ability to manage and and grow our businesses. And so we've built some, and then there's a lot that we recommend. And so those are the three main things we do, kind of coaching, learning, and provide some technologies. Well, and you're, and, and Doug, you know this, Vern is the top-ranked keynote speaker. And, and so your keynotes, I imagine, take a lot of your time. And uh, it's something that you do, obviously, very, very well. Uh, Vern, t- t- talk about that for just a moment. Well, I got to tell you, I had the scariest speech in my history <laughs> last summer. 
I was invited to keynote the National Speakers Association. Wow, so NSA, wow. this is 1,700 of my peers, and it's it's all the famous folks that you know. And yeah. I got to tell you, as as they said on School Rock, I was ready to rock a you know <laughs> pocket of puke on that deal. And it took me a year to prepare that 55 minute presentation. But, really? Uh, they tell me I knocked it out of the park, and I'll be uh, speaking again at the next NSA conference wow. and. And we've been doing bigger ones since. I've got a keynote coming up here with about 3,700 in the audience uh, here in a few weeks. And so uh, I absolutely love uh, getting on stage and seeing if we can share some ideas to help people. Love that. Yeah. And, and you know, I see that there is uh, there's a scale up summit that's coming up in Atlanta here in just a couple months. I think it's May 24th and 25th. So if, if someone you know were to attend one of those events, what 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 could you expect if, if you uh, signed up for that and, and came down to Atlanta? We know we we promise it's almost like the promise that's on the front of the scaling up book. More ideas, practical ideas per minute than any other learning that you might do. And we've had a lot of people challenge us on that and and measure it and said, we're right. They've gone to other events and then they come back uh, to ours. And we don't do any breakouts. Uh, the second thing we do is we promise absolutely the best. We've got General McChrystal there uh, who wrote Team of Teams, what I named one of the top five business books for 2015 in my uh, column. We got Jim Whitehurst, CEO of Red Hat in his book, Open, and many, many others that folks can see. So we identify the best thought leaders, we bring them there in a keynote, and we coach them to give the folks in the audience time to work through the tools. And, the, and ultimately is to get one or two ideas that make you a ton of money or your life easier coming out of that. It's been that the case for me personally. And so we continue to see it as a labor of love. Sure. Well, speaking of labors of love, so, you know, obviously you're very successful. You talked about, uh, sounded like about seven years ago, kind of semi-retiring and, and when you went to Spain. Now, here's the thing, as busy as you are, it doesn't sound like you're very retired to me. So what, what keeps you, what drives you to continue to participate in these organizations and, and do these things? Well, you know, the good news is I'm on the road only about a week, a month. And by the way, if I didn't go for a week or out of every month, my wife would go nuts. Uh, <laughs> I think she's glad to get me out of the house every once in a while. Um, but um, one of the, it was a mentor of mine uh, back in Wichita, uh, Willard Garvey. The Garvey family was one of the Forbes 400 wealthiest families back then, who I really admired. He got lots done both nonprofit, for-profit, and various businesses. And he used this theme day idea. So Mondays, which is today uh, that we're recording this, this is my meeting day. And all the meetings of this kind and the, the meetings that run my various companies, they all happen on Monday. So I can get into my meeting Monday mode. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays is when I typically go out and speak. Thursdays is the day that I write. Uh, and then Fridays is when I work on our nonprofit. So I've got a board meeting of the Reardon Clinic. I'm chairman of that nonprofit coming up this Friday. And so I make sure all those things happen that day. And obviously Saturday is fatter day. So total permission to eat and drink whatever I want and just have a blast with friends and family. And then Sunday is a, a day of quiet for us. And we have church, attend church and have our family meeting. And it's been recently consumed then with football uh, oh, yeah. in the evenings as uh, 
we hopefully watch our our Denver Broncos uh, win the Super Bowl. Uh, we're taking sides now, Doug. Uh, look if out. they get there, Uh-oh. if they get there, I don't know when this will air, but they have, they just barely beat the Steelers, and now yeah. we're on to uh, playoffs with Patriots, and then mm-hmm. hopefully the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. So now you mentioned um, the Garby family and, and mentoring. Now, uh, who, who's mentoring you now? I mean, I know you said that that uh, all these different folks that you're doing mentoring to and, and the different courses. But do you have anybody that you're following or that's that's pouring into you? Yes, I've got. You know, my probably the guy that that I follow the most, dear friend. I I pursued him to help us is uh, Herman Simon. Herman wrote what I consider the best growth company book ahead of mine called Hidden Champions of the 21st Century. He's a German researcher, but he's also an entrepreneur and he owns a couple hundred million dollar consultancy around the world. They're number one in pricing. And so he's practiced what he preaches, which is pick a niche and be number one in the world at it. And so uh, he continues to, to counsel me and mentor me. And then we have those that we engage on a short run. So every year at our planning session, which I just came back from, uh, landed from Miami this morning, uh, we had Jack Stack and Rich Armstrong, who's president of the Great Game of Business, at our planning session, providing us advice, taking us through their process, and just being there as outsiders as we examined our own business and getting feedback. We had Rick Cash, the vice chairman of Nielsen, and author of one of my two favorite strategy books, How Companies Win. He was our guide, our sensei at last year's strategy session. And we actually had him phone in Saturday, just kind of give us a quick update. And we've now chosen who we hopefully hopefully accepts to come in and, and guide us at our next planning session in 2017. So we've got a lot of permanent advisors. Uh, and then we have a lot of folks that we just invite in short term to give us a hand. Sure, sure. You know, and, and Jack Stack, that guy is just a, a world class individual. We've got to deal with with uh, with Inc. Magazine that that uh, part of Small Giants, Bo Burlingham, where we get to go around and check out these different companies. And uh, Jack opened up uh, SRC to us a couple years ago to be able to take like a rock star backstage pass for a couple days and uh, spend some time with him. And it was just really really a fantastic uh, organization and and uh, of course his book the great game of business and how the open book management how all that stuff works so that's a uh, really cool stuff so um, one one other quick question I've got for you is you know when, when it comes to uh, advice what's what would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever received um, well the best piece of advice I could give is to make sure you listen to the advice that you receive um, because otherwise people are going to quit um, helping you. And I remember the very first mentor I, I pursued, Arthur Lipper, went to go see him speak. He owned Venture Magazine. And, and I was told, you know, get a piece of paper, see him writing down all the ideas that he's, you know, suggesting on what he would do to build a global entrepreneurship organization. And then the key was within 24 hours, I followed it up and said, all right, Arthur, the 27 things you mentioned, I've already done three of them. And that just set the hook right there. Because if someone's going to help you, they, what they want you to do is be a great student and do something about it. And, and to me, that's what's critical. It's, it's a bias for action, which is one of the things in In Search of Excellence that Tom Peters still considers relevant here 30 years later. No question about it. Ambitious times that we are in. So after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing more with Vern about what he does to recharge his ambitious mind, body, and spirit. 
Hey, Ambitious listeners, you hear us interviewing entrepreneurs all the time, and there's a common theme. They want to be more productive and improve their communication. As an ambitious entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. The Ambitious Radio Network recently partnered with Grasshopper to offer our listeners a special discount. Log on to ambitiousradio.com and click on the Grasshopper banner in the bottom right-hand corner. Get a new business number or keep your current one. Sound professional with a main greeting and multiple extensions that forwards callers to your mobile phone or others in your organization. Get a toll-free number or local number for your business with multiple extensions. Set up each extension with custom call forwarding to any phone in the world. Get your voicemails emailed to you as an audio attachment or transcribe an email. Keep business calls separate from your personal calls. Plans start at $12 a month with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember to click on the Grasshopper banner at ambitiousradio.com for a special discount for our listeners. Join the over 150,000 small business owners that have stayed connected with Grasshopper. See how Grasshopper works. It's the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn the world into your office. Texas Money and Business here on KEXB. Experts in business. And ladies and gentlemen, we hope you're enjoying the show as uh, as much as uh, Doug and I are. I'll tell you, this is really wonderful. Doug Parker with Ambitious Radio Network. And uh, Doug, it's a, it's a great show. Well, thanks so much, Ron. And, and, you know, we were talking in the break just about all the notes, you know, that we're taking. And, and you know, when Vern said, hey, you know, uh, take the advice or listen to the advice, I'm jotting all this stuff down. It's fantastic information. And, again, this is all made possible by our sponsors. So RepairMyCreditNow.com. If you have bad credit, it can be really draining. And it's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. So let RepairMyCreditNow.com. RepairMyCreditNow.com gets you back on track. And many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to read them. I know that that is me. So we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you a free audio book. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com and click on the Audible banner right there on the page. Um, speaking of books, you know, uh, Vern, you've written sev- several best-selling uh, books and let's talk a, a little bit about those. You, you mentioned scaling up and, and briefly and, and, and then mastering the Rockefeller habits, but I don't think you talked about your other book. Can you, can you elaborate just a little bit on kind of what's in the book, The Best Business Decision? Yes. You know, if you wanted to be an architect, it would make sense for you to study, you know, what are the top 20 architectural wonders of the world to learn from them. But as business leaders, you know, I find that we need to do the same. What are the greatest business decisions? Because that's really what we have to do is make decisions of all time and see if we can learn from them. So it was actually the evening of Steve Jobs' death. I was in India with our partner, Raghu Potini. And I got to tell you, it tore me up. Uh, you know, Steve was the original young entrepreneur. He made being an entrepreneur, I think, famous and, and uh, a worthy career. And so when he died, it, it, it hit me hard. And he and I were sharing a a drink there in, in Delhi. And I reflected back, what a crazy decision it was. And I wanted to learn more about how it was made that Steve ended up back at Apple. I mean, that's never before in the history of the now entrepreneur launched a company, was then gone for 10 years and then comes back and does what he did. And so out of that, we started writing down a list of, so I wonder what some of the other greatest decisions of all time were. And we scratched out a list of about 25. I took it back to my editors at Fortune. They loved the idea. We teamed up with some of the best writers at Fortune. And we started a list of 25. We only felt 18. You would have thought we'd pick a regular number like 20, but there were 18 we thought that, that were worthy of recognition. And that's what the book's about. And so we encourage any business leader 
uh, to understand the history of their own industry. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so let's talk about you know things that that you know maybe drain you or things that fill you. Um, are, are there are there things that you do to recharge? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. I want to go back to this question of best piece of advice, and it really came from Marshall Goldsmith who suggests the importance of having a peer coach. This idea that no one could ever achieve peak performance without a coach. Well, maybe you don't have a lot of money to spend, but everyone can have a peer coach. And that's different than a mentor or advisor who's typically older and wiser as Herman Simon is for me. A peer coach is just that, a peer. And it's a good friend of mine, Sebastian Ross here in Barcelona. And here's the process. When it's all said and done and you've got your business priorities and we have this thing called the one-page personal plan where we lay out our personal priorities. My wife and I are going to be finishing that up tomorrow night because I'll present it to my forum. Once we've got that all figured out, then it really comes down to this very simple thing. Routine set you free. And Sebastian and I figure out four or five things we want to do more of, do less of, or do different every day so that we can be better fathers. He's father as well as I'm husband and leaders of our respective companies. And we then email each other every single day and report, did we do it or not? And then we meet once a week. So we'll meet again uh, this week just to be there to be supportive. So when I launched the book, uh, my priority was to find one key influencer every day and reach out to them and to get them to hopefully talk to their audience about my book. On the personal side, uh, my son Quinn really needed some more of my attention and I read about how it's important to play the way a child wants to play. And so I committed to doing that every night that I was home, which again is three of every four weeks. And I had to report to Sebastian, you know, who was the influencer I reached today and did I play with Quinn and what did we do? And it's crazy when you've got this accountability partner, hmm. you can either choose to lie to him, but why would you do that with your friend? And after three or four days of saying, no, I didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. It's just kind of a kick in the butt to do it. Wow. So I would encourage everyone to get a peer coach. Now, on your question of what makes you tired and what makes you uh, gives you energy there, I learned so much from Marcus Buckingham. You know, Marcus was the original guy at Gallup who surveyed a million and a half people around the world and found out that basically we don't quit companies, we quit people. And the key thing he discovered ultimately in his book called Go With Your Strengths is that we're really in the energy management business more than the time management business because time's limited. And he said, simply do this, you know, make the li list of all the stuff you do and put it in two columns, the stuff that gives you energy and the stuff that makes you tired. And then figure out how to get the stuff that makes you tired, even if you're good at it, off your plate. So running my company, I realized, made me tired. Uh, and so I went out and today we've got six CEOs, not GMs, but CEOs running our six different companies. Uh, and they are infinitely better at it than I am. Uh, on the flip side, I it makes me tired putting PowerPoints together. So I went out to one of these 99 designer sites, found this woman, Jun Yi. I've never met her. She's now worked with us for seven years, even designed the cover and the whole uh, scaling up book. Uh, but she, you know, half Korean, so very creative, half German, so it gets delivered. And I just send her ideas to say, hey, I'm thinking about a slide that is a bus with people going on it. And 
boom, it shows up the next morning in my in basket. Uh, and then that gives me time to do what absolutely gives me energy, which is this, uh, which by the way, is just hearing myself talk. Uh, my wife and kids that I don't even need an audience. I just can come home and stand in front of a mirror and it absolutely gives me energy. So uh, your question is right on. Do that which gives you energy and try to get off your plate the things that don't. We're not, none of us are going to get to 100%, but if you can get closer to 50% than 30%, hey, that's good. You know, we're all students. I love the fact that we're all students of of anything uh, when we open ourselves up to be a student of life. And and it comes to me to to just comment, and I imagine that you would agree, uh, sometimes, if not most times, we can find the most valuable, uh, you know, life lessons, little wisdoms of of nuggets in uh, something that we didn't expect, maybe a conversation with our children. Uh, Do you ever find that, uh, Vern, in your case? Oh, very much so. They, you know, out of the the mouths of babes every day. Love that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, that's good. That's great stuff. So, you know, one thing we've talked about some pretty serious subjects here. It's a lot of business and and all these types of things. But what is this about you being a card carrying magician? Whoa. Yeah. I, uh, in fact, I just redesigned the new card. I'm excited. It's I'm a member of IBM, the International Brotherhood of Magicians uh, since the late (laughs) eighties. And it comes from actually high school. I was the organist for our, our church. And our minister, our pastor before that had been an insurance salesman. And remember when insurance salesmen come to your house and sit down and talk to you and to entertain the children, he would have some sleight of hand uh, tricks. And he he developed then a passion for it because he, he became good at it. Well, our junior prom was all around a magic theme. And so he takes me down to the basement, shows me his whole collection. I gear up and put together a stage show, and I absolutely loved it. And uh, it's been a it's been a passion since. Uh, and it'd be fun if you want to have some fun. You can go on YouTube, and my son Cameron, uh, he and his buddy Charlie, and go Cameron and Charlie Metamorphosis, which was one of the famous Houdini illusions. You'll see him do it for their fifth grade talent show. We we knocked it out of the park. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> It's always fun to kind of see the softer side of, of these serious business folks. And so, you know, Vern, thanks so much for coming on the show and, and telling us really a lot about what you're doing, how you're helping others, and it makes such a, such a difference. Now, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, are you, uh, are you on Twitter? Or what's the best way to, to, to communicate if somebody wants to have you come do a keynote speech or something like that? You know what? The best thing to do is just remember the name of the book, Scaling Up. And so you okay. just go to scalingup.com. And by the way, there's all kinds of, there's the one page personal plan. You can download it for free. There's chapters from the book on how to run strategic planning sessions all for free. You don't even have to buy my book. And then obviously there's information up there about me and what it is that we do. Uh, and I'd encourage people to sign up for the free weekly insights and hopefully get some practical ideas that like I've shared every Thursday and kind of get in our world. we got about almost 75,000 uh, that are getting those. So scalingup.com. You got it, and I will tell you that that I do subscribe to your uh, to, to your weekly newsletter, and and the content that goes out is fantastic. There's great books, great information, and it's just 
uh, it, it's good to, to know that uh, that content is, is kind of been previewed because, you know, a lot of people make recommendations, but I take yours very, very seriously. And so thanks uh, so much for that. Thanks to our sponsors here at Ambitious Radio. Again, we couldn't do it without you. RepairMyCreditNow.com. And entrepreneurs and small business owners always are looking for great resources. And you mentioned one just a minute ago. So if you need a logo or a website, 99designs connects the world with great graphic designers. Get dozens of designers working on your project instead of just one. At 99designs, you spend less and get more. Start your design contest today. So tune in Wednesdays to Ambitious Radio, where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the face of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.